0: Good evening. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I'm your host, Evan Vitalis. Thank you so much for watching the show here tonight. Uh, another Saturday edition. I know last week I commented it was a, a rare Saturday edition of Talking Sports with Evan. And here I am now, two Saturdays in a row, bringing you a Saturday edition of Talking Sports with Evan. So, didn't get a chance to do a show this week. Had, you know, things get in the way. Just was not able to to do it. But um, yeah, it should be a great, uh, great show here tonight. Uh, Lots to discuss. The NBA trade deadline is um, is past. The Bucks make a nice move, uh, bringing a guy in. The Super Bowl is tomorrow, and the question for tomorrow is going to be who's going to win. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on who uh, who's going to win the big game: Kansas City Chiefs or the. Over the Philadelphia Eagles, who's going to win tomorrow night Super Bowl? And then Badger basketball, another tough loss here tonight. They, uh, or later, earlier today, they fell to Nebraska by 10 after an overtime after being up by 17 at one point in the game, had a set uh, 11 point halftime lead only to see the lead disappear. And I guess there's an important question to ask Is it time for. The football, um, is a time for the football program? I mean, is it time for the basketball program to take a page out of the football program and shake things up a little bit? I'm going to give you my thoughts. I'm usually not this reactionary, but have my thoughts on that. And Aaron Rodgers in the news again. This time, he's going to do a four day darkness uh, retreat and. Hey, if that's what he needs to do to clear his head and help him make a decision uh, on what he wants to do next season, so be it. I don't really care. Good for him. Uh, as I've mentioned on the show in the past, I'll mention again, I'm indifferent. Would I take Aaron Rodgers back? Yes. Am I fine if the Packers move, trade him to another team and inquire of a number of draft picks to help rebuild? Um, yes. Am I fine affair of Rodgers with telliers? Yes. And I know I'm fence sitting here, um, not really taking a stance one way or the other. I just don't really care. Like, we're trying to compare this to Brett Favre in 2007, we're trying to compare this to the Brett Favre of the 2000s of will he or won't he for pretty much the whole decade. And it's not this at all. Rogers has basically never, you know, he 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 hasn't said – He's retiring like Favre did numerous times, only to say I'm coming back. Rogers just said, hey, I need some time, make my decision, decide what I'm going to do, and I'll make that decision when I'm ready. And I think we just look too much into everything he says, try to find hidden meaning. And I'm to the point that I think Rogers does it intentionally. I think Rogers says what he does intentionally because he knows people are going to start digging through what he said to try to find hidden meaning. And try to make uh things more than they are, but again, Rogers could do his darkness retreat. I don't care. Like I said, I'll welcome him back in Green Bay if that's what he wants. If he wants to move on, best of luck to him, and I welcome the Packers moving on from him. so but that's really not what I wanted to talk about tonight. like I was you know, just touched on it here. But the first thing I want to discuss is the Super Bowl. Kansas City versus Philly. Who is going to win the Super Bowl tomorrow night in Arizona? And you got two 16 and three teams. Both teams are number one in their conference. And both teams are have a lot of speed at every position, pretty much. When I look at this matchup, there's a few... like When I watch football, when I'm trying to make my... My thoughts on the game, and I know nobody cares, um, but when I watch it, I mostly focus on the, the line play. Which team has the better offensive line? Which team has the better defensive line? That's what I try to focus on. The reason why I said Philadelphia was going to beat San Francisco, because I felt Philadelphia had a better, uh, better front, more aggressive, stronger, faster, more powerful. And we saw that when the Eagles ran all over and through the best defense in the NFL. And it was all because of the front five of Philadelphia. That's why the Eagles won. Then it's, who's got the better running game? And that's clearly Philadelphia as well. And then the big X factor in this game is Pat Mahomes. How is that ankle? It looks to be fine right now, but how is that ankle going to be when he has to start running away from pressure. The Eagles have had 70 sacks on the year. They have, like four, I think, four guys in double-digit sacks. They get after the quarterback, and if Mahomes is compromised at all and can't move around like he normally does, there's going to be a problem. You know, back in when there was the Chiefs and the Buccaneers Super Bowl, and I predicted Tampa Bay was going to run away with the game, the biggest reason I gave, as great as Pat Mahomes is, that particular year, Kansas City's offensive line was awful. And I felt that Mahomes, uh, Mahomes was going to end up uh, not being able to use, do his usual magic to get through it. The O line's better now in Philly, I mean, in Kansas City, but that Philly defensive line is very good. And I look at the game and I think Philadelphia is going to get the victory. I think Philadelphia's offensive line is one of the best offensive lines I've seen play in a very long time. They play great together. They get to that second level. They, they just maul you over. And we saw, as Packer fans, if you're watching, you saw it firsthand when the Packers played the Eagles. That offensive line, <clears throat> it was almost like Kenny Clark was on skates. That's how pushback Kenny Clark was getting. And that's that's why I give the game the advantage to Philly. Um, Jalen Hurts, he can move around a bit. He can uh, throw. You know, he can throw. The big thing Kansas City wants to do, if they want to try to slow down this Eagle offense, is to try to force Jalen Hurts to be a pocket passer. And I'm not going to. I'm not seeing. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with what one of the Forty Nine er players said that. Force him to play quarterback and you're going to lose. No, I'm not agreeing with that. What I'm saying is force him to be just strictly a pocket passer. Hurts is best when he's moving around, when he's able to scramble, buy some time, you know, move the pocket a little bit. That's when he's at his best. But if you force him to be a pocket passer, which he isn't, you could probably get him to, to him to struggle a little bit. He did not play a good game against San Francisco. The defense and the running game for Philadelphia is the reason why they they routed San Francisco the way they did. There's just no way around that. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to have to be much better this go-around than he was against San Francisco. But I think Philadelphia's running game, their pass rush, the guys up front blocking for that running game, I just think they're going to be too much for Kansas City to handle. And Kansas City, if they want, you know, if they can uh, run the football a little bit, that gives them a nice chance, nice opportunity. Um, The Eagles give up 4.6 yards per carry on the ground. But I just don't think the the Chiefs are going to do a game plan centered around running the football. They're going to want to throw the ball around. And that's where maybe Mahomes is a little compromised. So I think the Eagles win, I think they win by at least 10. Should be a fun game to watch. And I think the Eagles win another Super Bowl. And that's that's my thought there. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't really hope I'm wrong or right or whatever. I just think Philadelphia is the better team. I think Philadelphia is the better all-around team. And the Chiefs rely too much on Pat Mahomes. And if he's compromised, the Eagles are just going to tee off on him and get after the quarterback. So, moving on, NBA trade deadline passed, and the Milwaukee Bucks got better. Great move by John Horst, giving up numerous second-round picks plus three guys of very little to no value to the Bucks in Jordan Jordan Nor- Awara, uh, George Hill, and Serge Ibaka, in order to bring in Jay Crowder. And this is a great move for Milwaukee. Jay Crowder is a guy that can pretty much bring you, in a way, pretty much bring you a P.J. Uh, P. Tucker brought you two years ago. He can defend multiple positions. He's a guy that annoys the piss out of you, kind of like P.J. Tucker did. He's a guy that's going to make you fight and make you work and make you have to earn everything on that basketball court. And the Bucs got him for pretty much nothing. And I understand he hasn't played at all this year. But the, the Bucks didn't trade for Jay Crowder to throw him in the lineup on Tuesday against Boston. They traded for Jay Crowder to get him in basketball shape, get him ready so when the playoffs come, his legs are under him, and he's able to contribute pretty significant minutes come playoff time. Um, Tristan, who's been on the show numerous times, Tristan Thomas, he... Uh, uh, he brought up numerous times uh, when I had him on my show and then on his show that the Bucks traded for PJ Tucker for the playoffs. That's why they traded for him. The Bucks traded for Jay Crowder for the playoffs, and they're going to manage his minutes early on. Once he's able, to, once he gets his legs under him to start playing some minutes, they're going to manage his minutes quite a bit, and they're going to ramp him up to get him ready for the playoffs. And I think the getting. I think getting uh, Crowder on this team puts him in really good position to to be the best team in the East. And yes, I know Boston is tough. They play Boston's a tough matchup for the Bucks. I get that, but <clears throat> Boston did not beat the Bucks in the NBA playoffs last year because of uh, Tatum and because of Brown. They both played great, but the reason why Boston won against the Bucks in the playoffs is because Al Horford and uh, Williams, those guys had career games when the Bucks needed to close games out. Jay Crowder, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews, those are defend. and then you have Giannis and Brooke doing a lot of help defense. Those are defenders that are going to make things very interesting and very tough for any team in the Eastern Conference the Bucks run into. Uh, once they get to the playoffs. So I like the Jay Crowder move. You got it for pretty much next to nothing. And there's no will see about it. Um, George Hill had no role with this team anymore. Um, Javon Carter has that Budenholzer trust now. Budenholzer trust that when Carter's on the floor, Carter's going to not screw things up too much. He's going to do his job, not try to look to do too much. And he's going to be a bulldog on defense. He's going to be a pest. He's going to be annoying. Everything that George Hill once was, but unfortunately for Hill, he doesn't have it much anymore. Jordan Wara, he tried to do too much too often. I hope he has a great career in Indy, uh, in in Indiana, but he just he he wasn't that good, and he didn't really have a role on this team. And I think the only reason why he got a lot of minutes recently was to kind of show him off for potential trade suitors. Otherwise, he's not getting those serious minutes that he got uh, more recently. I think Beauchamp would have gotten those minutes. But they're looking to move Aura. And then Serge Ibaka didn't want to be here. And I know they just traded for Serge last year. Um, and they gave up Steven Chenjo and then Rodney Hood and Ola, uh, one other guy. But again, they gave up three guys that didn't really matter for Serge Ibaka. And Urbaca was a safety net in case Brooke Lopez was not ready to to play in case he had some kind of setback. And with his back, you didn't know how it was going to hold up through the grind. And he, uh, unfortunately for Brooke, Brooke seems to have taken, gotten back to pre-back surgery form and then some. And you don't really need Serge Urbaca anymore. And he didn't want to be there anyway. Bobby Porter should be back in a couple weeks. Now you got your three bigs. you got your Wings and Middleton and Matthews and, and Crowder. you got your guard and Holiday, your point guard, your facilitator. Middleton can play some shooting guard a little bit. Um, Giannis can play some point. This Bucs team is going to be tough, and the West just got tougher, too. You have Kevin Durant on the Suns with Booker and Paul. When both of those guys are healthy, that's going to be a very tough team to beat. They don't have a ton of depth anymore, but that's going to be a tough team to beat. The Nuggets are a very solid team. The Kings are playing above expectations. The Grizzlies are really good. The Lakers made a ton of moves to try to push their way into the the playoff picture. The West is going to be very strong and very good this year. But nobody in the West, and then Dallas getting Kyrie Irving. I almost forgot about that. When Kyrie's head's in the game, he's one of the top point guards in the NBA when his head's in the game. But the issue with Kyrie, his head's not in the game all the time. And the question is going to be, can Jason Kidd Kidd push the right buttons to keep Kyrie's head in the game more frequently? That's going to be a big million-dollar question out in Dallas. But the Western Conference is stacked. I think the Eastern Conference... It's pretty much down to three teams only now with the Nets pretty much blowing it up. Well, not pretty much. They did blow it up. You got Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia. Outside of those three, I don't see any other teams in the Eastern Conference that are going to go to the NBA Finals. Miami's uh, just on that outside looking in, in my opinion, just because I'm not that sold on the heat. But the the East right now is a three-team race with the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Celtics. And I think the Bucks are going to be better than both teams, and push comes to shove. Uh, Giannis is playing out of his mind right now. He should be league MVP. So I'm hoping uh, the Jay Crowder moves ends up paying dividends for this Milwaukee team, and he brings to the Bucks what P.J. Tucker brought to them, and that's that dog mentality. And Giannis even brought that up. He thinks that Crowder is going to give them what they were missing when P.J. Tucker left after the championship season. So... Great deadline moves from the Bucks. A lot of deadline moves overall in the NBA. A lot of second-round picks being thrown around. And if you're wondering and commenting about, that's a lot of second-round picks to give up to get Jay Crowder. Second-round picks in the NBA literally mean nothing. The Bucs are likely going to be drafting at the tail end of the second round anyways. Not many guys drafted that late in the second round. Not many guys drafted in the second round let alone that late in the second round, end up being NBA-quality players. And I think when the Bucks drafted Jordan Wara, they bought second-round picks. They bought a couple of second-round picks that year to make some draft picks to imp- improve on the depth a little bit. They can always do that again. Let's buy some second-round picks and um, go from there. And Actually, no, that wasn't Wara. That was uh, Mamu. They drafted him and one other guy who I don't think think's on the team anymore. They they bought, spent money and bought second round picks to to uh, to add to their to to, uh, to their roster as they're uh, deep into the luxury cap. But Bucks have won ten in a row, and that's not by accident. They won ten in a row because they're that that damn good of a team. And then when you get Bobby Portis back healthy, and if they can actually stay fully healthy, you know, because as soon as they get Middleton back and looking good again, then Bobby gets hurt. If they get Bobby back and Bobby is Bobby and the guys stay healthy, the Bucks to me are the best team in the East. And Boston scares me. I think they give the Bucks the biggest challenge. But I think if the Bucks are fully healthy, they beat Boston, especially now with Jay Crowder. If Jay Crowder can stay healthy, and I say if he can stay healthy because it's hard after not playing at all this season, staying at home, getting in the basketball shape and getting your conditioning just right. But I think the Bucs are going to do a good job of giving him every opportunity he needs to get that um, conditioning right. And with that, I'm not going to keep you any longer. I'm um, just going to mention, oh, Badger basketball. I almost forgot a topic. Wow. And that's uh, one I think needs a lot of attention right now. And uh, tweeted this out earlier. And I'll say it again now. Gray guard was the right choice at the right time when Bo Ryan stepped aside. Bo Ryan basically forced the Badger's hand to give Greg Gard the job, first of all, on an interim basis. And what the team did that year, Greg Gard deserved the full-time job. He did more than enough to show that he should be the full-time head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. He kept those things together during the awkward COVID season, during an attempted coup d'etat by a former Badger uh, player, Alondo Tucker, trying to take his job from him from under his nose. He kept things together through that. And this season, not looking good. Um, Numerous times this year, they've had big leads at halftime only to give up the leads and have to fight and crawl their way to either win or they end up losing it in the end. Happened with Marquette, they got the victory. Happened against uh, Ohio State, they squeaked out the victory. Happened today against Nebraska. Unfortunately, they couldn't squeak out the victory. and. I am starting to grow very unhappy with the direction of this Badger basketball program. My brother and I were talking about that. Um, I don't think they're going to let guard go, um, especially with the recruiting classes he has coming in the next couple years. It's going to be some pretty talented uh, kids coming in. But this isn't just a this-year issue with Greg guard. Greg guard got saved last year when uh, Johnny Davis took that – Went from a you know a, a nice player for the Badgers to an NBA lottery pick. If Jordan Davis, uh, Johnny Davis, doesn't take that huge jump to be a, an NBA draft pick, which I don't think anybody anybody saw coming, and if you say you did, I don't believe you. Um, he took that huge jump to being a lottery pick. If he doesn't become that lottery guy, I don't think the Badgers are as successful last year, and I'm disappointed where the team's at right now. I'm not going to you know sit here and scream and yell if they don't fire him. I just think it's time to move on, bring in a new coach. You know, you know it's been a fun ride since Dick Bennett took the job back in the. Middle to later 90s, then you get to Bull Ryan and then Greg Gard. It's been fun. It's been a fun, long run of Badger basketball. But I think Greg Gard has run its course. And I think it's time to bring a fresh face in there, kind of like what the football team did with Luke Fickle. They let Paul Crisco bring in Luke Fickle, and it's brought a lot of energy. And, And yes, we don't know if Luke Fickle is going to be success, successful or not as the football coach, but he's brought a lot of excitement. He's brought a lot of energy. He's brought a lot of passion that hasn't been there in a number of years. And that's how the basketball program's looking for looking. um, That's what the basketball program's looking like for me too. Try to bring in a new coach. Not going to get any, you know, if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and you're back to where you were pre-Dick Bennett. But I just think it's time. I think the Badgers, they lack discipline. They lack toughness. They definitely lack shooting. They lack depth. They lack a a solid bench. And they lack talent. Guys aren't developing, and they're not bringing guys in. And you look at how Shaka, Shaka Smart has Marquette playing right now. There's no reason why that shouldn't be the Badgers right now but I just don't think Greg Guard's the right man for the job now. He was the right man for the job when he got the job. I don't know. I don't think he's the right man for the job now. And I hope Greg Guard proves me wrong because I know he's not going anywhere after this season. I hope he proves me wrong and shows that, yes, he is the right man for this job, but I just don't see it right now. And the men's basketball program and the men's hockey program, They got to make some big shakeups in those two departments right now because Badger hockey was a tradition unlike any other, and they've slipped hard. And Badger basketball has been consistently good for the last, what, uh, since 90, late 90s. Dick Bennett made the Final Four in 2000, Um, 2001, something like that. They've been very good for a long time. And now I think it's just it's time to pass the torch to somebody else. As hard as that is to say, but starting next week, um, next week's show, I'm going to be going through the NFL draft order, starting with the number one pick and working my way down to 31, 31 picks this year because the Dolphins don't have a um, a draft pick this year in the first round. They got they forfeited it due to tampering. But I'm going to talk about the uh, Five draft, five teams at a time. What I think their biggest needs are in the draft at this particular moment. So with that said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Find me on Twitter at Evan Wit Sports, Facebook Talking Sports with Evan or Evan with Allison, or you can find me on YouTube, Evan with Allison as well, and watch all these past videos too. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have fun watching the the big game tomorrow. I'll get back at you during the week.